Welcome to the Rock Hill Dream Center Church, where we have a vision to see communities transformed by the gospel as we love, serve, share, and send. Thank you for joining us. Amen. Legacy. Man, and as we were talking through just doing a series on legacy, I want to ask y'all, let's, let's just be interactive a little bit. When I say the word legacy in, in, in 2020, 2021, 2019, what do some of y'all think about? What you leave behind. It's what you leave behind. But where do you hear um, human beings use the word legacy on television the most? Sports. Somebody says sports. You know, and I'm not going to call anybody's name because I'm really asking God to convict me in 2021 to never, ever put anybody down for the ability to elevate the church. That ain't the way God works. He elevates the church, and he don't need to have any human being as a stepping stool to do it. So, so but there are people who talk about, le- I just want to leave a legacy. I just want to leave a legacy. I just want to leave a legacy. So as I had to do some research, and I said, well, what is the definition of legacy? The definition of legacy is an amount of money or property left to someone in a will. That's one definition. And a thing that is handed down by a predecessor. A legacy is not our children saying, oh, man, Paul and Barbara were just so great. It's something, a legacy is something that you give away. A legacy is something that you, you hand, hand to someone else. And it can't be a legacy by definition if it doesn't ever get transferred down. Because I, I really like, man, I, I think I've been kind of looking at legacy the wrong way. Because I've been looking at individuals like, oh, they have a legacy. Just look at them. Just look at them. Man, look at that, how great they can do this. Or look at how great they can do this. Look at the impact they made. A legacy is not a legacy unless it is passed down and if we don't get that part I don't think we'll get the entire messages that God has for us over the next three weeks because this week it's going to be God's legacy for us next week we're going to be talking about the legacy of love that we have because of God and how we're to be love and then the final week It's going to be about our communities, our city, our neighbors, our world, and how we are to give this legacy away. That's strange to the church because the church is kind of like, oh, this is us and that's them. But remember what the legacy is, is for something to be handed down and to be given away. So that's the three weeks that we're going to cover. But today we're going to be talking about... God's legacy for us. A thing handed down by a predecessor. Remember this. Always default back to this. Write this down on your notes. If it's not meant to be given away, it can't be a legacy. So let's go to several pieces of scripture. And we'll hit these pieces of scripture really quickly. And then as we hit these... We will then be able to hit our verse that we're going to go in on. So Genesis 15, 5. You could click on Genesis 15, 5. You don't have them? Or you don't? Okay. 
we have new, new folks. They back here trying to figure out how to do it, Christian. <laughs> you might ought to walk back here. <laughs> we'll be singing songs again. Genesis 15, 5. Give me one second. You can, that'll give you time to look it up in your, in your Bibles if you want to. It says, Then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, Look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. What did God say to Abram? Go outside, look up into the stars. That's how many descendants you will have. At this point, Abram was a man and God was telling him to go. He didn't tell him where to go. He just told him to go. If you know Abram's story as, he, story as he became to be known as Abraham and Sarah became to be known as Sarah, that Abraham had many descendants. Matter of fact, we are sitting here today as a product of Abraham. But God was giving a legacy to Abraham. Let's go on through it. What did Moses, who is Moses? Moses is in the book of Exodus. You don't have to turn there, but Exodus 3.10. God said, now go, for I'm sending you to the Pharaoh. You must lead my people, Israel, out of Egypt. If you know the story of Moses, he was born into slavery. And at that time, Pharaoh was having all the young boys killed. So he was put into a reed basket and sent down the river where Pharaoh's daughter found him. Ended up getting Moses' birth mother to nurse him into the age. And Pharaoh's daughter ended up adopting him into this kingdom of Egypt. And at the right time, because God's time is never off, it's always perfect. Amen. God told Moses, go and set my people free. So you know what God does? He gives us freedom. That's a legacy. And God used Moses to put a legacy of freedom on us, on the people of Israel, because God said, go and lead my people into freedom. But here's a different example in Genesis 11:4. Maybe we can relate to it. Maybe we can't. But in Genesis 11, 4, it says this. Then they said, come, let's build a great city for ourselves with a tower that reaches into the sky. This will make us famous and keep us from being scattered all over the world. When I read that scripture, it sounds so much like what we see on media and television today. And how our culture teaches that we have to build something. That we use the word we or I so many times. Because we want to make ourselves famous. Because we want to be better. Because we need to do this. We have to be more educated. We have to be smarter. We have to have bigger things. You know the people there were building this huge tower. So that they said they could be closer to God. But in all instances they wanted to be the most powerful place on earth. See, when man tries to build his own legacy, it always falls. But I'm just going to be honest with you. I can find myself defaulting into times of my life when I am trying to build my own legacy. Can y'all relate? 
Can you relate? It's like, man, and, I, and I, it'll trick me. I'll be all into it, and I'll be finding myself laboring real hard, working real hard, counting this, counting that, counting the pennies, doing this, dreaming on this. And, and all the while, I have taken my eyes off of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and I am focused on my own Tower of Babel. We have to be very careful that in the process of having a legacy to pass down, that we are not passing anything down that would bring us glory, but everything that we give away would bring God glory. Anytime that our own actions or gifts bring the focus back on us, hear me, anytime that our own actions or things that we do for one another brings focus back on us, that's not a God legacy. That's not a God legacy. It could be a legacy. But today, as believers, we want to talk about a God-ordained legacy. That leads us to this. And his name is Jesus Christ. His name is Jesus Christ. In John 3.16, what does it say? For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting or eternal life. Hmm. See, God, God gave us eternal life. When he passed down a gift... It was a gift that cannot be duplicated. It was a gift that cannot be bought. It was a gift that cannot compare. It was Jesus. And how great of a gift that we have that our Father in heaven said, I love you so much. 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 I love you so much that I'm going to give my son. Now, I've had some great gift givers in my life, but I have never, ever in my life been able to give a gift that compares with the Savior of the universe. Amen? And you can write, well, I'm telling you right now, I might just jump into preaching because when God gave Jesus, he gave the ultimate legacy. See, God gave us the legacy of eternal life. By offering us Jesus Christ. So let's just recap a little bit before we just go into the last part of this. So a legacy is something given to us. A legacy is something given to us. But we got to get this in our heads. If, if you're hearing my voice, I want to snap you out of just the fog that will try to come into you. Just go ahead and say Amen. So understanding that a legacy that be, can be given to you, you also, as the receiver, have the option to refuse it. That's where it gets complicated. Because if we didn't have the option of receiving salvation through Jesus and it just came on us, none of God's word would have been true in the beginning because he created us. 
And God can't lie. God can't go back and change the way things are. So we, re- we refused God. We rebelled into God. And he sent his son to live a perfect life, to die a perfect sacrifice, to offer salvation forever. But we can refuse it. We can refuse it. Why do we have such a hard time receiving this gift? And even speaking to the believers, why do we have such a hard time living in this gift? There's the big question. Why do we have such a hard time in periods of our life living in the grace that God's given us, living in the freedom that God has freed us from, living in all of the the luxuries that God has for us, the peace and the sound mind that he's given us? Why do we have such a hard time? Listen to what John chapter 3, 17 through 21 says. It says, God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him. But anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light. For their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light so others can see that they are doing what God wants. I don't know about y'all, but there's been times in my life as a confessing believer that for some odd reason, either be shame or either be in my own self-indulgence, I have lived in the dark. I have God's grace, God's light was still there, but I was living in a place where I didn't want to come and share what was going on in my life with other people. I didn't want to talk to it about God. I'd just gotten mad. I'd making excuses for my sinful nature. Because The evil one that lives in this world, Satan, he's a liar. And he can create confusion in your life. And he can convince you that you're not loved and make you forget about his son Jesus coming and dying for you. He will have you questioning every step of your salvation and every step of your walk as God is working on you. But thanks be to God and thanks be to the church that we can come together and we can open up his word where we can be readily reminded of the loving, saving grace of Jesus Christ. So what are some things that will withhold the legacy God has for us? Well, it's really simple. Some do not believe. And it's just going to be a, that's a fact. that There's going to be some that just do not believe. That don't mean we're not supposed to tell people of him. That doesn't mean we're supposed to have actions in our lives that show people how his characteristics are. 
but there are going to be some that will say his name, but just do not believe. There could be some who love the darkness more than they do the light. We just have to trust God to do his work in our lives and to continue to pray for the ones who've been enticed by the dark side, right? Boy, Christian and I have been watching too much Mandalorian. There's a dark side and a light side, and the dark side's always tempting to bring you into it. But some are just going to love the darkness more than the light. And again, we're talking about legacy that God has for us. Not just the gift of his son Jesus, but the gifts of the peace of mind. All of the things that he has to offer and the fruit of the spirit. The joy, the peace, the self-control. These are the things that he offers us. And let's just be honest with each other. Some are just afraid or ashamed of being exposed. So they spend their life being a poser. They'll put on any face for any circle that they walk into. They can put on a mask in church that look like they got the Holy Spirit all over them. And they can put on a mask in the, in the, in the, in, 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 you think of it, you just fill in that blank. I don't know. Amen. Praise God. Conviction. But there's places that we can put masks on and we can be different places. Different people and we can match the place that we are standing. But I'm telling you right now that in Jesus Christ, you do not have to be ashamed. In Jesus Christ, he gave you a new identity. And it is not of the old man or the old woman. Woman, It is of the new creation that he created. And none of the things that you have ever done or you ever will do defines who you are in Jesus Christ. Spend every day, every second of every day reminding yourself of that by the power of the Holy Spirit that you are made new. You are not a product of your actions, but your actions can lead you into a harder life without surrender to God. And then the last one is some are more concerned with making their names famous than God's name famous. This isn't about the Dream Center Church or Paul or fill in the blank. When we were adopted into God's family, we lost every right to have an opinion that doesn't line up with the gospel. If our opinions bring forth hate to others, we have to pray and ask God to purge our hearts of that because that is not from Him. If our opinions hinder our walk, that's not from God. God's command is simple. Love Him. Love others. Love Him. Love others. Well, what do you mean? Others. 
Others is a broad word. I confess to y'all this morning, I snapped at a man that walked up in my yard at 740. I didn't seem like Jesus to him. He called me Reverend. I kind of snapped at him. My dog was barking, woke Barbara up. I wanted her to sleep a little bit longer. I was cooking her some bacon on the snow stove. and I said, bro, why you walk up in my yard 730 in the morning every time? Well, I'm cold and I'm hungry. You're 50 years old. What's it going to take for you to stop doing this? He said, I'll leave. I said, I don't want you to leave. I said, I want you to come back between 9 and 5 and let's sit down and have a conversation and not wake my entire family up. I said, what do you need? He said, something to eat and a phone. I went and got him some food. I dialed a number for him. And I said, I am sorry for snapping at you. My delivery did not represent Jesus. But I need you to hear me say this. You've got to have respect for other people before your life will change. And I love you, and you can come and get to know me, and Jesus is your only way from what you've gone through. And I didn't deliver it correctly. And I went and I told her, she said, what's bothering you? I was like, I just lit another person up in the community. Guys, we are living in a world that wants us to lose our witness every day. In how we interact, in how we speak to people, in how we look at people who have different views. The enemy was wanting to take out the power and the sting of the blood of Jesus Christ. And he will use us to do it if we are not careful. I'm a living witness to this. Let me ask you a question. If you're given a fortune from a relative or someone who loves you, and let's just say, I love Wayne and Diane. They have us over their house to love on us and encourage us, and, and they are always talking about their time that God had them in Hawaii. So let's just use Hawaii. Or wherever your most loving place, Alaska. I've got another friend here who talks about Alaska. Let's just say that this person is going to give you one whole island in, in Hawaii. And they're going to give you people to manage it, take care of it. And they're going to give you all the funds that you ever need to run it. You will not have to want and need for anything that is in line with the governing of Alaska. As long as it continues to honor the giver. Would you take it? Here it is. I don't know the, the, the island names. Maybe you should have picked up a better example. Here's one whole island. Everything on it is yours. There's people who are going to work it, going to keep the grounds right. Everything's going to be fine. All the bills are paid. Everything's right. But the only thing that you got to do is you got to watch over the creation. And you got to honor the giver in it. Would you take it? Do I got any takers? Anybody want it? Got a few hands up. Everybody up want to stay in Catawba? <laughs> Some of y'all know that's a loaded question. How <laughs> many y'all know me like Paul ain't you? <laughs> if you if you said yes to that, 
Heaven makes that look like a pit. And God sent Jesus that if you believe and turn and live to glorify him, that your inheritance in God's kingdom is going to make Hawaii look like the York County landfill. That's what being a follower of Jesus looks like. We're not working towards something that we're trying to earn up all this fortune, but I'm trying to let you understand what God offers. And here's the cool thing about it. It starts now. You don't have to go to heaven to experience the peace that God gives. My inheritance started at the day that I made Jesus my Lord. And he said, now I give you all these things. Some of them I can't see yet. But he does promise me a sound mind. He does promise me not to have to live in fear. Amen? He does promise me the ability to step over some of the things that want to drag me back into who I used to be. He gives me that power because he created me to be a new creation. I am not an addict. I am a Christ follower, child of God who struggles with an addiction. But the blood of Jesus has defeated. Just like Moses leading the men and women out of Egypt. Jesus led us out of sin. And if we receive that freedom, we can live in that freedom. But if we love the dark, we've got a few more hard years on our hand until Jesus comes back and makes it all right. See, because John 10.10 says this, I back it up with the word. The thief's purpose is to steal and to kill and to destroy. And Jesus said, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Now, I'm here to tell you this morning, you might have walked in here feeling like you were beat up and just a product of the system. But you can leave here today because of the blood of Jesus leading a rich and satisfying life. It's good stuff. And when we get caught up in our own pity, I would love for us as a church family to run up beside each other, hold each other up and say, brother, sister, you're not leaning into God's promise. It can be rich and satisfying. I don't know what you're going through, but I know this. I'm going to hold on to you until you and God can work it out. It might be a day y'all holding me up. But I do know there's people in here that are getting held up by others right now, praise be to God. And they're walking to the temple. They're walking to the temple. You know the story, hands up, giving him my hands. They were walking to the temple. When we're holding each other up, you know where we're walking? To God, to his kingdom. We've got our eyes peered on him. He is our Lord and Savior. He is the one who has it and says, I don't understand what you're going through. I don't know why she left you. I don't know why this disease is hitting you. I don't know why you can't stop doing what you're doing. But I do know this. If we hold tight to one another and walk that way towards God, he is going to set us free forever one day. That's who our God is. That's who our God is. 
See, God wants us to embrace the gift He has given to us here on earth starting at the time He adopted us into His family. You have been adopted into His family never to be kicked out because you fall down. You are His child. You can have freedom now. You can have peace now. And you can have everlasting life starting now if you do not know Him. Do you know Him? Do you know Him? See, God has a legacy for you. And his name was Jesus. He gave him. He gave him. He sent him down to earth. Jesus made himself Lord that he would wash the feet. He gave. Will you believe it? Will you receive it? Will you live in it? Let us pray. Father, we just thank you for the legacy that you have poured over us as your family now. Oh, Lord God, you, you love us despite our rebellion. And, Lord, you draw us back into right standing with you through love and grace. And, Lord, thank you for having so much patience with us. Lord, place inside of us a new spirit, a new heart that just flows with love. And, and Lord God, please, God, rebuke the enemy that just tries to come at us, that tries to, to steal our testimony, that tries to, to make our focus from you to, to this crazy world that we live in. Lord, because we know that, that you sent your son Jesus to make all things right. And we live in the freedom and we live in the glory that you have for us, Lord. And that we can radiate such a bright light that we can be used by you as conduits to draw sinners into your family. And that one city at a time around this city, around this nation, around this world, that the world would start glowing brighter and brighter because of your glory and not because of ours. We love you, Father. We thank you, Father, for what you're doing in us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.